Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If you're feeling anxious, stressed, or lonely in these difficult COVID times, call CalHOPE at 1-833-317-HOPE to talk to someone who can help. That's 1-833-317-4673. HOPE will persevere. From Labradoodles to Cronuts, the world loves a hybrid. So today, businesses are taking a smarter hybrid cloud approach using the tools, platform, and expertise of IBM. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This is Hour 2 of Fantasy Sports Today. Will Lamar Jackson's 2019 fantasy season be amongst the best in fantasy of all time? We'll also take an early look at some of the Thanksgiving Day games. And what's it like to actually shop on Black Friday? Fantasy Sports Today Hour 2 starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. This is Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. You can follow us on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. Me on Twitter at Craig Mish. Joe on Twitter at Joe Pizzapia17. Hopefully you guys have a phenomenal Thanksgiving Day holiday. Joe will be on television over on Sports Grid TV with Mike Blewett. Make sure you catch him on Pluto and Zumo TV as well as YouTube and FantasySportsNetwork.com. That will be Thursday. Uh, I will be off on Thursday and Friday. Not really off in my world, but kind of off, I guess, from this show, Thursday and Friday. And then Joe and I will be back next week. We have a full week of programming. The following week, uh, starting the uh, second week in December, I'll be in San Diego at the MLB Winter Meeting. So we're still uh, you know, kind of working that out that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But once that's all set, we'll tweet it out and let you know. But there'll be a lot of coverage, at the very least, from the MLB Winter Meetings in San Diego. So we'll get to some baseball in a little bit. Let's get back to football. It's evident at this point, Joe, that Lamar Jackson at the end of the season is going to end up having one of the best fantasy seasons of all time. I think the question that we just, you know, regardless of the era and regardless of if they're touching the receivers or not, like I don't give a bleep about all that. Like (laughs) I just just want to see the data at the end of the year and determine if Lamar Jackson is going to end up having one of the best fantasy seasons of all time. Now, earlier in the show, you made a really good point that I didn't, I really didn't, um, I realized it. But then when I saw it again, it kind of hit me how good of a season Mahomes had last year. I really didn't realize uh, how great that season was. I mean, 50 touchdowns and some rushing touchdowns as well. So I think that Lamar Jackson is going to be hard-pressed to have the best fantasy season of all time 
unless he goes on a run here at the end, Joe, where he rushes for, let's say, six or seven more touchdowns over the last few games, and then he'll be in that conversation for the best fantasy quarterback season of all time. But he's not really averaging two touchdowns a game, which would give him 24 on the season. He's averaging about one rushing touchdown every two weeks, which isn't going to get him to the number one spot of all time. But the fact that we're even talking about this is incredible. And I would say at the end of the year, he'll be probably, what would you say, top 10 of all time for sure? At least he's trending in that direction. Uh, it's It's got to be. Now, he's got to finish strong, too. Uh, that's for sure. It's funny because just a couple years ago, too, even Cam Newton's 2015, people forget 35 touchdowns. He had 663 rushing yards, 10 rushing touchdowns, 35. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if Lamar Jackson is going to top that. I, and that, and that's, you know, I just found a list on Athlon Sports of the top 10, and that was the number 10. And I stopped there and I went, okay, do I think Lamar Jackson gets to these totals? 35 passing touchdowns. What's he at right now? Passing touchdown wise again. Do you know a fan? If he had his stats it. up there, but I mean, he, he just threw five more on there last night. So I think you got to figure he's going to be at least on pace for somewhere close to that. I think that definitely bumped up the, the pace. For those. He's, got, now we'll see. he's got 24 touchdowns, five interceptions. So his pace would be, uh, I mean, we're not doubling. Um, yeah, I mean, he probably will end up Close. throwing 30. Probably 30. 30. Probably yeah. 30. Now, how many rushing touchdowns? Because Cam had 10. So he's rushing a uh, lot, but he's not necessarily I, rushing for a lot of touchdowns, I believe. Let me see here. And I don't he know if has... that matters. I don't know if that's more impressive. Like, I feel like the yardage is more impressive than the touchdowns because – you know, Tom Brady always had three rushing touchdowns on the year because they would get on the goal line. He would just quarterback sneak all the time. So I'm not like super impressed by that necessarily. I'm more impressed by the giant rushing total. Uh, well, let me see here. Um, okay, so on the year, he has a total of yeah, six rushing touchdowns. So his okay, pace so would be there. probably like 10 for the season. About 10. I mean, it's going to be close to top 10 all time because after that, <clears throat> this list has Kurt Warner, 1999, which is the 4,300 yards, 41 touchdowns uh, with uh, a crazy, you know, he, all, he just uh, he had a crazy completion right down here. <laughs> he was really good. They have Y.A. Tittles, 1963 season. Yeah, I know that one. Well, that's just eliminate because that's yeah, run the football around the thing. I mean, Look the, at the, one, the one that I would say that is an era thing. And again, we'll never know, and we can't go back, and, and you can't tra- translate these numbers now to last year's, but uh, Dan Marino would have thrown 60, 70 touchdowns in the absolutely. season that he threw 50. So If Dan Marino um, had played in this era of football, he would absolutely have won He threw the ball every single every time. Every single time. They did not and run. Threw it well. No, they did not. It's kind of like the they Dolphins did not run at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they 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 only attempted like 15 rushes a game. Like they, they there's no doubt let him throw every single down. If you drop Dan Marino into this era of football, there's no doubt in my mind that we would probably be looking back and and there might not be a question of him as the greatest quarterback of all time. I I think that would you would have won a championship or two because of the style of football just is completely different now. Um, Matt Ryan's 2016 comes yeah. on this list here. 38 touchdowns, MVP, seven picks. He threw for 49, 44. That's a pretty well, high. Well, Lamar Jackson's score. fantasy numbers are going to be better than those. Yeah, but not from a passing standpoint. He almost threw for well, 5,000 yards. Well, just straight fantasy points. Straight fantasy points. Straight Lamar fantasy Jackson points. Club. Yeah, yeah. he'll be above. It's all the, the rushing touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. Patrick Mahomes, uh, two year, uh, last year, 5,097. <laughs> 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns. Unbelievable. How many His did pass- he rush for that year? Do they have that? Just no. two. It's still I don't I don't know that he's going to touch that. I don't know that Lamar's going to touch that. That's, I think Mahomes I, last year was better than playing the quarterback will end up being. Year, we still have time to yeah. go though. Let's not Number eliminate 5 that. on the list Dan Marino's 1984, 5000 yards in 1984 is ridiculous. 
in that era to do that. 48 touchdowns in 1984 is ridiculous. Uh, then you've got uh, Tom Brady's 2007, 4,800 yards, 50 touchdowns, just eight interceptions to 50 touchdowns. He had two rushing touchdowns that year. <laughs> so Peyton Manning, 2013, 5,477 yards, 55 touchdowns, just 10 picks. That was number three. They put Joe Montana's 1989, which I don't get. I don't nah, get why that. this is in yeah. here. 3,526 touchdowns, eight picks. That's like, I dump mean, it. I can get that from Joe Flacco. What? Yeah, dump it. Dump that it. is ridiculous. Why is that number two? That is Who knows? Idiotic. They just like, like to mention Joe Montana. Oh, God. Everybody needs to get over the Joe Montana. Fest. I great. love Joe Montana, but he's I mean, great. He also lost his job wise, to Steve no. Young. All right. Speaking of which, number one, they put Steve Young, which like, I disagree with really, this too. Oh, I don't know. That was an unbelievable year. With the okay, Russell. you ready? You tell me how unbelievable it is now. 3,900 passing yards, 35 touchdowns, 293 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns. Really? That uh, that's listen, not as good as Cam Newton's. It, it's not. No, listen. Uh, look, this is just one, one website that's ranking. We can have our own opinion. Young is in the top ten all time for for single seasons for sure. Because of I'm the okay rushing, with that. I think you're number you're, one. I, I don't think that you're seeing the full picture with the rushing touchdowns. How valuable those are. That's a six pointer in some leagues. Okay. Well. Okay. But I'm just saying. Just just looking at it. Uh, you know, and I understand relative to Listen, what other quarterbacks well, Here's are doing. the point. In the first round of a fantasy draft, if we're drafting Le'Veon Bell for his 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns, okay? Because that's really what we're drafting. In the, I mean, for Ezekiel Elliott for his 1,300 yards, 11 touchdowns. I mean, guys who are getting seven or eight rushing touchdowns out of the quarterback position to go along with the 40 touchdowns that they're throwing. I mean, you can't. I would rank them this way. My top five fantasy seasons, a quarterback would be this. Peyton Manning's 2013 with the 55 touchdowns because that's just absurd. Okay, that's that an absurd number of touchdowns. I don't care if it's four points per touchdown. That's absurd. Then I would probably go with Lamar Jackson, two, Mahomes, three. If Lamar Jackson continues his pace, because, again, the rushing yardage is just sick right now, what he's doing. I would probably go Lamar Jackson, two, Mahomes, three, Cam Newton, four, and then Brady at five with the 50 touchdowns in 2007. Yeah, I looked up Cunningham. Cunningham had some great years, but uh, they don't really come close. They're great to, by perspective of the era going, wow, look what he's yeah, doing. They don't it's come unbelievable. Close to these. And right. Vic's 2010 season, had he played 16 games, would be the number one all time in the history of fantasy. But he only played 12 that year because he kept getting hurt. He had 3,000 yards in 12 games, 21 touchdowns. Nine rushing touchdowns and 676 yards. His 12 game stretch is the best of anybody in the history of fantasy football. Because you know, it's funny. Him, you give him four more games. You give him 4,000 yards, 26, 27 touchdowns, 13 or 14 rushing touchdowns. It's ridiculous. Like, no Aaron Rodgers either, by the way. All these Aaron no, Rodgers truthers out there. He's a, he's a, look, he's a, oh, come on, Aaron. He's oh, he's great. He's great. One of the best of all time, but we're just talking fantasy here. We're not mm-hmm. talking reality. But even fantasy. All people love him in fantasy, you know, but even in fantasy. He had some unbelievable back. years, and he's had some of the best comebacks and those bombs yeah. at the end of games. It's, it's incredible. I think right, Mark's uh, in this top five conversation for sure. He's, he could get there. Yeah, I think so. All right, uh, uh, we'll take a brief time out. We'll take an early look at the Thanksgiving Day games. We'll have our uh, final opinions tomorrow, but we'll take a look at the early lines after this. Number one. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash dunk to learn more. 
These days, it's understandable if you feel anxious, stressed, or lonely because of COVID. You're not alone. Worrying about physical separation, your own health, and the health of family and friends can weigh heavily on you. But with the help of CalHOPE, you can get important mental health resources and information to help you find your way in these difficult times. Call 1-833-317-HOPE to talk to someone who can help. That's 1-833-317-4673. HOPE will persevere. These days, it's understandable if you feel anxious, stressed, or lonely because of COVID. You're not alone. Worrying about physical separation, your own health, and the health of family and friends can weigh heavily on you. But with the help of CalHOPE, you can get important mental health resources and information to help you find your way in these difficult times. Call 1-833-317-HOPE to talk to someone who can help. That's 1-833-317-4673. HOPE will persevere. Fantasy Sports Today. And I like football. And I'm going to keep doing them both because they make me feel good. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. We're coming off a Monday night football game where we saw an incredible performance uh, for the ages. And we're just hoping for me I, that... The Thanksgiving Day games are pretty good. Uh, I personally, when I look at the four, I mean, I include Mississippi, Mississippi State, because I, I I love the Egg Bowl, and I think it'll be fun to watch. It's a very high total of 58 points. This could be the best game of all of them. But let's just focus on the NFL ones for now. To me, uh, the most intriguing one is Bill's Cowboys, because Dallas does seem to play very well on Thanksgiving, but I really... You know, I'm very impressed with what Buffalo's accomplished, and they don't even have to win this game to cover. But let's go through the lines. Bears minus three at the Lions, and the total is 38 and a half. Uh, Bears never score in the first quarter. We know that. <laughs> Bills at the Cowboys minus six and a half. The total is 45. And then the Saints at the Falcons. You know, had Atlanta played well against Tampa Bay, Saints are probably only two or three point favorites. But Atlanta just went back to a pumpkin again. And this line opened up at four. It's now minus six and a half. Uh, New Orleans at Atlanta, 48 and a half is the total there. By the way, Mississippi State is like two and a half, three-point favorites over Mississippi. Uh, a game we'll get to a little bit later. So, you know, that first game is such a dog, Joe. Like, yep. I mean, I mean, I mean, Driscoll's done a really good job. It's very evident that the film is out on this kid. It's very yes. evident now that they have a spy on him when he's running. Like he, like those 30-yard runs that he had in those first games. Like there's a linebacker right like following this dude around now. And so that's over. They're forcing him to throw. He's throwing a lot of picks. We know the Lions are done. But I have no confidence in the Bears whatsoever. I, I like I said last week, I just why the, how the Bears could be favored over any team by 7 points. The NFL's insane. And they're three-point favorites at Detroit this week, and they did not look great against the Giants either. But this is just a horrible, horrible game. I, I mean, I don't even know what to say about this one. I I hope it's exciting. I have a feeling the next one will be. But what? Any any opinion on this one? I think this is the one where you can make the argument for the underdog the most. I really do. I feel like I feel like you can make the case, and it's not on anything else you mentioned except the kicking, the kicking of the bears or lack thereof. I watched Pinheiro. You don't like Eddie P? 
<laughs> I watched Eddie Pinheiro. You know, he went to Florida. That's my guy. Yeah, I care where he went. He, he was great <laughs> at Florida, man. He was, he so was but not been so good lately. <clears throat> and on top of that, you know, the opening kickoff, it's been a long time since I saw somebody take the opening kickoff and kick it out of bounds. The guy couldn't even keep it in the hashes for God's sake. Like, I mean, come on, man. It's a kickoff. Don't kick the opening kickoff. Did he out miss field goals last week, too? I, didn't uh, see. I think he missed one. I want to say I believe he did. If not, I apologize. Well, okay, so I, I, I don't I don't disagree. But let me let me just make the case for for against Detroit here. And, and I may end up taking Detroit. I don't know. I'll I think Detroit is the one you underdog. You can but why? Really but what, what are they playing for? Like, what it's is not that the they're deal? playing for. It's not it's not they're playing well. It's not they're playing for. It's just all the reasons you brought up about the Bears, which is the Bears are not running the football particularly well. Allen Robinson's that one weapon that is very consistent. Trubisky is not putting up points early in games. So if you have a fluky thing go your way, let's say a kick return for the Lions, let's say a fumble return for a touchdown, let's say a pick for a touchdown. If you have any sort of weird thing happen in the first half of this game, I think the Lions can actually cover this because you're not looking at a team that can pull away. Whereas I look at the other two games here, and I find it, and you know me, I'm Mr. Bill. I'm the one who's been telling you they're a playoff team since what we start doing the show together in August. Uh, you know I'm on this bandwagon with the Bills all year and Josh Allen and, and Singletary and the whole group. Love the secondary. Love everything the Bills have done. I think this is a tougher call there. I think it's a much harder case to make for them. Short week on the road in Dallas, playing on Thanksgiving. I just think it's a tough sell for me. And the Saints, look, if the Saints did not lose to the Falcons a couple weeks ago, then I might be listening. But they lost. And they're, they it's wake-up time for them. So I think the Bears Lions is the one game where you can really make that that push for the underdog in this one. The thirty eight and a half. I would say you take all three underdogs and two out of the three will win, and I don't know which two, but two out of the three. I mean, based on underdogs covering at a historical rate this season, it does. Road dogs, by the way, is the highest. What was the stat you gave me yesterday about the uh, the road favorites losing or something? Yeah, road dogs are covering at almost sixty five percent for the year. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, no, Road but I'm dog. saying yesterday in that game. Yeah, but the, they weren't a dog in that game. The uh, Oh, the, the Monday Ravens night game? Night. Yeah, oh, you gave me a stat on Monday his, night. Yeah. Well, historically, the highest percentage of the history of the NFL in betting is home dogs on Monday night. It's it's out of control. Yeah, right. It's, it's, it, it did it not work out last happened. night. So you got to look. One time it happened. If you bet it trends, a million times. You, trends you are cool. Well. Trends are fun to talk about. But I think, you know, it's football. You go look at every team straight up the way they are, where they are in terms of their injuries, where they are in terms of what they're doing well, not doing well. 38 and a half. I would like the under in that one. I will take I'll go, if you're going to go with an underdog, I would take the Lions in this one, the 38 and a half to in the under. I think that's the way to go. Bills at Cowboys. Again, I look at this one and I just feel like, yeah, the Bills have played really well. Short week. It was a good win for them last week. Um, but I'm looking at them going into this one against the Cowboys where the Cowboys another time where you're going to get the Jekyll and Hyde Cowboys. So I'm looking for the other side of the Cowboys to show up this week. And I don't want to kill them necessarily for how they played in new England. That was an incredibly difficult assignment on the road in new England, awful weather. What did you expect that game to be? That game was going to come down to the very end. Anyway, if somebody could make a play and they couldn't, I don't know. I'm looking at everything the Cowboys have done offensively. I just think they're going to give the bills a hard time. I think the 45 is the question. I don't know. I, so you think that the Bills are going to cover this one, too? You think they can keep this one close enough, the six and a half? You tell me who is Dallas beating this year. That's good. Nobody good. One, and, not and, one team. And ask me <laughs> how many times years. we've used good logic and it's blown up in our face. 
It's been a lot uh, of good logic which... this year, and it's blown up in our faces with a lot of picks where you say, well, this shouldn't happen. These They're a better no. team than this team. And, you know. but, but Dallas hasn't beaten a good team all year, so I, they could beat Buffalo, but maybe not I think not they can beat Buffalo. I think they can beat Buffalo. Six and a half. Maybe that's the point. Where do you look at the 45 on this game? How do you see this? Seven, actually, now. I got to take that. I got to change this. And the Bears are only two and a half now. Boy, these lines have changed. Seven. Okay, if you get to the full seven, now you have me listening about the Bills covering that. I think that 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 little half point makes a difference for me. I wish the total was 42 because then I would feel awesome. But this 45 tells me there's going to be more points than people expect. Usually when it's a 45, (laughs) I go over like last night. I would go but over with this one, too. Well, the Ravens did that by points. themselves. <laughs> anyway, however it comes in, dude, I don't care. It's overs and over. Um, I would go with the over on this one. I, I think the over uh, on the 45 is solid. And I think if it's if, seven now and if, not six, I, and the and only half, thing is that, again, is that no quarterback all season long has done anything against Buffalo. Like none. Zero. Like that's that. You can't deny that. It's like yeah, but go, I, I got to pull it up there while you're talking. Not go to the next one. Oh, no, no, I, you're, you're, I want to here's exactly who, here's what you're going to say. Oh, my gosh. Well, did, did they, they play, play against? Who is the quarterback? It's the, the whole NFL, Joe. There's 20. Qu- who's good in the NFL? There's six guys that are good. That's it. Two six guys are good. What's the deal? It's with true. The NFL? No, but like, they play. They played uh, <clears throat> Darnold in week one. Daniel Jones in week two. Dalton in week three. <clears throat> Okay. Brady in week four. No, they didn't play Daniel Jones in week two. We no. Oh, it was Eli Manning. Okay. Is Eli Manning in week two? And he got benched. Yeah, and they played Andy Dalton. And then he got benched. Okay. And then Patriots. they played Brady. And then they right. played the first three uh, weeks Mariota. The, and then by the way, benched. that was the beginning of the Pats offense spinning out of out of the out of control a little bit and not being good. First three weeks, terrific. He Tom Brady had seven touchdowns in the first three weeks. He's got seven touchdowns since then. Buffalo just want to point just, that out. I understand that Buffalo hasn't played against what people would call an elite quarterback, but this is know. not an elite quarterback league. They're they understand are, that. The Eagles. Eagles put up 31 on them. Okay, so that and that was the best quarterback that they faced, probably. Probably. Redskins, nothing. Browns, nothing. Dolphins, nothing. Broncos, awful. I mean, look, Dak will be the best quarterback that they'll face. I mean, probably. And and I'm going to take my I'm going to put my money on the best quarterback in this game. And that's why I like him again, specifically more of a DK play because of the pricing. Whereas Josh Allen, I'll put my money on on FanDuel because of the rushing yardage, because I like the the upside for the rushing touchdown of what Josh Allen's done this year. So again, it's, it's sight to sight. It's, it's feel to feel, but I, I'll tell you what, I, I think Dallas wins this football game. I don't have a problem with you going Buffalo. If it's at seven now, I think they can I, keep the I, close decided, I'll decide tomorrow. And then um, Saints Falcons. I, I, I think the Falcons are finished, but I, I think that they could keep it close. And, but I, I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. Six and a half sounds better than the over under in this one to me. I I see the Saints leading late in this game, 21 to 10. And then, you know, the Falcons, every game comes down like the last two minutes with the spread. So then the Falcons have the ball, you know, they're they're running down to try and, you know, get two scores to keep it close. Maybe they do when they cover. It seems a little high to me, the 48 and a half. I know that New Orleans had a big offensive week this past week, but they struggled a lot in the red zone. So, you know, Atlanta just doesn't, they don't impress me. So I, I don't know. We'll see. It'll be look if it plays out anything like the last game, it's way under. But I also will recognize that New Orleans had the ball in the red zone eight times and they kicked five field goals. So that could that could happen yeah. as well. And then uh, Mississippi, Mississippi State, which we'll talk a little bit more about tomorrow. Should be a lot of fun, a lot of running going on in that game. And really no clear favorite at all in a huge rivalry game in the state of Mississippi in uh, Starkville, where they've only made the Bulldogs two and a half point favorites. But the total is 58. So uh, quarterback for Mississippi, uh, John Riss Plumley. 
is going to be talked about next year as a potential one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Really come on strong lately. And Mississippi State's offense, not as good. But uh, have final opinions on all those games tomorrow. Let's do this. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll be back with some fun Black Friday stories. Don't go away. These days, it's understandable if you feel anxious, stressed, or lonely because of COVID. You're not alone. CalHOPE, a program at the California Department of Healthcare Services, can connect you with resources for mental wellness. Visit CalHOPE at calhope.org to find tips and useful resources to support your mental wellness during these difficult times. Or call CalHOPE at 1-833-317-HOPE to talk to someone who can help. That's 1-833-317-4673. HOPE will persevere. These days, it's understandable if you feel anxious, stressed, or lonely because of COVID. You're not alone. Worrying about physical separation, your own health, and the health of family and friends can weigh heavily on you. But with the help of CalHOPE, you can get important mental health resources and information to help you find your way in these difficult times. Call 1-833-317-HOPE to talk to someone who can help. That's 1-833-317-4673. Hope will persevere. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. One of the fun things in the past to do for some people is <laughs> head on out at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. Now it's changed. It's like midnight. Now, honestly, it's like nothing's even closed anymore. Things have changed so much since I was a youngster 10, 20, 30 years ago. But Black Friday was a thing, man. Like it used to be for me. I'll be honest with you. For me, it was a thing where I would try to got, get the hot toy, whatever it was, and try to be an entrepreneur about it and sell it. Like I mean, honestly, that's what I did. And so I have a couple of fun stories about that. But I feel like Black Friday has lost a lot of its luster, Joe, because of the ability to now go on. First, it was eBay, of course. And now it is Amazon Prime, where if you're a Prime member and this is not a commercial, you pretty much get your thing tomorrow. So like and at a pretty good price, too. So I'm not one of those guys, Joe, that would line up because a TV was $50 cheaper and sit outside Best Buy for four hours. But I have done some wacky things in the past in order to acquire merchandise. I don't know how you feel about Black Friday anymore. Well, I I never liked it. I thought it was stupid. And I'm more appalled now that these stores are opening at on Thursday night. night. You know, yeah. like, why can't everybody have Thanksgiving? I mean, do we really have to do this? It's so stupid. And I feel bad for the people who have to work at these stores and work in retail because they can't sit and enjoy a thing with their family. I mean, really, are we that narcissistic and ridiculous no, I as a society? I went shopping last year. <laughs> I, I've I've been caught up in this. Last year, I went, uh, I'll tell you my best one. Well, I have a couple good ones, but uh, two back-to-back years at Walmart. <laughs> Last mm-hmm. year, going to Walmart to purchase um, the, uh, why is it escaping me? Okay, so the I got a uh, Pac-Man yeah. unit, a full-size Pac-Man unit, and and I got uh, another game too. Its name is escaping. Why? I don't know why. I can't think of it now. But anyway, so I, I showed well, up there. It really was worth you getting up there and <laughs> having to go deal with all those people at Walmart. You can't I, remember what it was. My mind is going blank. What's the, it's a classic arcade game. Um, Hubert or uh, no. Frogger. Um, <clears throat> classic arcade games. So yeah, the Pac-Man was one. Is it Galaga? Uh, Galaga. Okay. Boy, I'm losing my mind. 
Uh, Ga- I bought Galaga and Pac-Man. And so I bought those two. I went there as soon as Walmart opened at six o'clock and I bought them not for resale, but just to have in the house. They're like full-size units for like only $200, a company called... Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I've seen them. <clears throat> yeah, so I, I went for those. Now, the the funny story, and I told this story on the radio uh, many times, was from two years ago, maybe three. I don't know if you remember when Nintendo re-released its classic edition, the Nintendo Classic. Oh, I absolutely do. Okay, and it was like super hot for a long period of time, right? You remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Walmart opened up and these were going on sale at midnight of the day after Thanksgiving. And so the only way to acquire one the day after Thanksgiving was either to line up at a Walmart at 5 a.m. when they opened up at 6. But the Walmart near my house in Hallandale opened up at midnight. And so or they were open 24 hours, but they were going to be sold at midnight. So, Joe, I show up there at about 10 o'clock and you know, I'm asking about the Nintendo and the woman at the counter is telling me, oh, I don't know. We don't know if we have them or not. I'm not really sure. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stick around here and I'm going to wait. So I wait and I am basically the first person online. And uh, the manager comes over. He's like, why are you here? I'm like, I'm here for the Nintendo. And he's like, OK, well, I think we're only going to have a handful of them. So just stay online. So I got myself a seat and I waited online. Joe, people were coming in from 10 o'clock to midnight and the woman at the counter were telling the people that they didn't have any and they were going to have to go to another store. Yeah. Because they were so, out of them or because they uh, didn't want to. So, so around 1130 p.m. And I've been waiting an hour and a half. Again, I'm first online. So I know that if even if they have one, I'm getting it. The woman in the counter basically checks out for the night, right? Mm-hmm. Comes back with her boyfriend to 10 minutes later in street clothes gets online. Oh, really? Believe this? Do you believe? I do this? believe it. People are they, jerks. She, she sent away all of these people, telling them that they didn't have the Nintendo, and uh, and some people who she this told they didn't have. The people who she told came back and saw her online, and were like yelling and screaming at the manager. Um, it was just, it was insane. So I ended up getting mine, you know, on, uh, at midnight and it was kind of wild because they were worth like five, 600. They were like, I think you could buy them for 99 bucks or 199 bucks, but they were worth like five, $600 on the secondary market. And, you know, we, I kept one and sold one. I will say I did sell a second one. I got two of them, not that night, the next day or something. I got another one. Uh, but it was crazy, man. Like, the, the employees are telling people, oh, you got to. And all these people are coming into the store. Are you guys going to have a Nintendo? Nope. Sorry. Sorry. Nope. Nope. And they're like, well, what is this guy doing? Me like looking at me. What is he doing? Like, don't know. <laughs> don't know. And I didn't say anything. I just sat there like an idiot. I'm just like, whatever. And then when she got back in line and got behind me, I'm like, wow, wow you are so dirty. I can't I'm like, what can I say, though? Because she's an employee. I couldn't go nuts because who knows what she could do to me. She could prevent me from getting mine. So I didn't say a word. Uh, I just got online. I got mine. I got out of the store, wow. and that that was it. And that actually happened. It's I went like on a, local radio shows here in South Florida and talked about it. This is it like ugly. one of those. You should have written a letter to Walmart. You should have written a a very uh, strongly worded letter to Walmart and tell them what happened there. I mean, look, chances are she was probably just trying to you know you know make, make sure money. she got for her kid or whatever it was, or make some oh, money, no, whatever. No, no, she's no, working at Walmart. You were after well, look, no. I know. Yeah. And I, and I get it. And here's where one of those instances where your distrust of the general public has really served you well because you did not trust something was off there 
you smelled it. This is the Brooklyn in you. You know, this is that thing where you're like, nah, something you know, right were, here. There was a constant flow of people for about an hour coming in that she basically was saying, we're not going to have it. We're not going to have it. We're not going to have it. And and I and I knew I'm like, there's no way like I'm not going anywhere. And and it was only me and I and everyone would come in and they'd be like, oh, you, and you know what she was doing? She was pulling up her phone and going, it says they have six in Pembroke Pines. Dude, this is like 40 minutes away. They didn't have any, but she would like be like, look and like show her phone. Like, look, it says they have them here. They'd be like running out of the store. It's like, well, yeah. like what do you, well, you never trust like, that either, because let me tell you something. I was at Best Buy just a couple of weeks ago and they said they had two of these cameras that my kid wanted. They had zero. Oh, they them, you know, and so and you never trust that. That's a big load of the nonsense. But that's that's foul, man. I mean, I remember as a kid, my mom and a friend of mine's mom went out Black Friday because they was the Cabbage Patch craze of 1984. Oh, I remember that, of course. Or yes. 1983, whatever it was. And then um, it was that. And my mom was out there trying to get me the Ewok Village, which you will appreciate. You remember yeah, the Ewok Village? Yes, I do. Ewok I do. Village was was the was the mother the hop, of all places. The hop, was the hop one first, and then that was the, the next one. The hop yeah, from well, the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Well, uh, again, I'm a little younger, so the Ewok Village was that was the thing. It had the you could actually crank over the 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 fake flame, uh, whatever you were cooking as whatever Ewoks. It had the little thing where you could actually get in and slide down to the bottom of it. Um, it was it was the playset. It was the playset. It had the little the net that you could catch Han Solo and the guys in, and then bring them in and pretend to roast Han Solo over the thing and all that stuff. It was everything you wanted and more. And I appreciate my mom for elbowing uh, a bunch of people. <laughs> you know, and get and getting out there to get it. You know, a friend of mine and her sister have a tradition and they go out every night, Black Friday, they get T-shirts, they go out together and it's almost become like a bonding thing for them, which is actually kind of nice. So that I kind of get like you bond in the madness. You're going out all night and they literally do. They start at 11 o'clock. They go out store to store. They have a plan. They do the things of what they're doing and they're back like the next morning at like nine in the morning. They bring bagels back for everybody and then they go to sleep and then <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's it. Christmas is done. The only Black Friday things I've done the last couple of years is go to record stores because I'm a big record person, big record oh, collector. Oh, I didn't know that. Are you really? Because yeah. my parents are trying to get rid of their – they have an enormous record collection, lots of stuff from the 50s and 60s and classic stuff. So Yeah, it's, it's very hard to do uh, all at once if you really want to cash in on it. It's kind of like you have to do it. Uh, they're not really looking to cash in so much as they're trying to like get out from under it because they're trying to move. So I think that's kind yeah. of more the, oh, yeah. the feel so of it. Know. Look at that. Maybe making side deals right here. I'll tell you what. I'll make sure that I don't try to like. Yeah, I don't want to like give you the side thing like, oh, yeah, they might have that record. And then like I'm shopping it on eBay like that dirty lady did. Did you have to drive a New Jersey drive in me? I mean, I mean, how else could you get those? But um, I mean, that's you can ship them. Come on. What's wrong with shipping? The other the other thing that I did many, many years ago was. I don't know if you remember these guys. They're, they have they were still around as of like the last couple of years. Furbies. Do you remember those, Joe? Furbies? I remember them. I again, my kids are, you know, they, they missed first, that whole phase. When they first came out, it was me and three of my buddies. And we got up at five o'clock in the morning and we went to and I was in college, I want to say. And we were off for college, but we were home in South Florida and we all lined up at Toys R Us. And you can you can, like every video that you've ever seen about nut job people running in. That was the one that one year we ran in that store. There was there were they had all these Furbies lined up. We each grabbed two. They allowed you to take two of each. And, you know, all we were doing was for the resale market, you know, and I think that uh, we bought them for thirty dollars. I think we I sold both of mine one for like again in college making two hundred dollars was like, you got to be kidding me. 
And so one of my friends thought it was so cute, he opened it, and we razz him still to this day. Like, what in the world were you doing opening <laughs> that thing? Because like, it was so dumb. Like, get rid of it. You dump it. Goodbye. Do you and play so, your Nintendo Classic ever? Not as much as that? I used to. I did. Okay. Oh, we played. We definitely got the most out of that money. Okay. The, the following year, by the way, they released the Super Nintendo. Yes. And I did the same thing. I went to Walmart again. It wasn't like that, though, Joe. It wasn't. There were people lined up again, but they had enough supply. So it wasn't as nuts, but there were people lined up. Like I got Everyone mine. I went and the cord was too thin. I heard like too small on the, like on the first one, but you could get an easy extender. It was easy. Right. Yeah. Very, very. But the, but the Super Nintendo was a big disappointment. It was not good. The hmm. games. And I know good. now on the switch, you can everything every, you can subscribe. Yeah. Like you can, you can subscribe and every month, like new old school Nintendo games get dropped in there. So like 20 bucks a month, a year, they all, you can just play all the oh, like, yeah. mobile no. stuff. Yeah. We, so. I got the Super Nintendo. Not really. I looked at the games and I'm like, oh, this isn't going to be really great. Um, and it wasn't, man. Like it had the first Mario Kart, which was pretty cool. So me and my son played for a while. But honestly, it was it was not as good as it, uh, as it was cracked up to. Be. All right. So there you go. Some good Black Friday shopping stories from me and Joe. We'll take a quick time out and we will come back and have a final segment where we'll discuss a number of different topics. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. These days, it's understandable if you feel anxious, stressed, or lonely because of COVID. You're not alone. CalHOPE, a program at the California Department of Healthcare Services, can connect you with resources for mental wellness. Visit CalHOPE at calhope.org to find tips and useful resources to support your mental wellness during these difficult times. Or call CalHOPE at 1-833-317-HOPE to talk to someone who can help. That's 1-833-317-4673. HOPE will persevere. These days, it's understandable if you feel anxious, stressed, or lonely because of COVID. You're not alone. CalHOPE, a program at the California Department of Healthcare Services, can connect you with resources for mental wellness. Visit CalHOPE at calhope.org to find tips and useful resources to support your mental wellness during these difficult times. Or call CalHOPE at 1-833-317-HOPE to talk to someone who can help. That's 1-833-317-4673. HOPE will persevere. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. All right, welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. And we are here every day, Monday through Friday, from noon to 2 Eastern. But tomorrow will be our last show of this week. As FNTSY Radio has a little bit of a timeout on Thanksgiving Day and on the day after Thanksgiving. But you can also follow us on Twitter at Craig Mish at Joe Pisa PS17 as we take you right up until uh, tomorrow at 2 o'clock Eastern. Dr. Roto will help you out, by the way, on Wednesday as well. 2 o'clock Eastern right here on FNTSY Radio. Uh, uh, just a couple of uh, quick stories. Let's start off with this one in baseball, Joe. There was a story that came down last Friday. So you and I have not had a chance to talk about this. It was more of a weekend story where Pat Williams, 
who a lot of people like a lot, very kind of uh, bubbly, <clears throat> effervescent type guy who was really responsible for bringing the NBA to Orlando and the Orlando Magic. And then, of course, he was there sitting on the podium, if you remember, when they got the first overall pick and they took Shaquille O'Neal. That will be a moment in history that no one will ever forget. And then Penny Hardaway. Uh, Magic had some really good years. Pat Williams was, I believe, the sure. team president <clears throat> for a number of years, too. And that was now the Nick Anderson there with uh, Penny yeah, Hardaway and Shaq yeah, and all that yeah, group. Yeah. Yeah. Morris <clears throat> Grant. Yeah. They had some really good teams. Great teams. Uh, yeah. Never won a championship, got, got swept, but uh, had you know, a lot of people felt like they Rockets, could have had better yeah. years. Yeah. And they did not. Uh, so, so let's, so let's kind of uh, dive into this a minute. And I'm wondering what you think about baseball in Orlando. And we don't need to spend 10 minutes on this. In fact, we could spend 10 seconds. I don't get this at all. Now, if they're planning, if the Rays can't get themselves a stadium and they end up moving the Rays to Orlando, okay, you know, like not the worst thing in the world makes some sense. But Joe, to add a third baseball team in Florida when the first two can't get anyone to go to their games, I am just not following this one at all. And I like and and really the comment that everyone seems to be making is the one that I'm going to make now. I really like Pat Williams. I really think this is a bad idea. <laughs> I, I yeah, just don't I, get it. I don't understand a, it. A third baseball team there makes absolutely no sense to me. None whatsoever. Uh, I think you have a better chance of supporting a baseball team in New Jersey than you do just Probably just from right. the com- just from the commute standpoint. Because honestly, the hardest thing about getting to a Mets game for me, living in Central New Jersey, is it's going to take me two hours no matter what I do, and it's going to cost me a hundred bucks just to get to the game before I even buy the tickets and buy the hot dog and everything else. If you're telling me it was somewhere in the central area of New Jersey. You get a lot of people who would go drive to games and be very happy. They would drive in, drive out, get home in 45 minutes. Everything would be fine. If you're moving the Rays there, I get it because you're talking about Orlando being, you know, the hub of, you know, between Universal and Disney and all that stuff. And you would tie in packages and travel and see a baseball game and all this stuff. And it becomes like a, you know, a revenue stream just based off the novelty of connecting it to that area, which I totally understand. A third baseball team in Florida? I don't understand that at all. Yeah, this, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. And Orlando is a great area. I get it. But I, I, do you think he's really just meaning like, hey, let this be the place that the Rays go to? Or do you think he really means like another sure. team? I mean, it's, it's, it was really not uh, completely clear. I don't, I don't know, think man. that there's a real plan. I think it's it just it's almost like Pat Williams is a baseball fan saying, hey, look at me. Like, I, I, I don't get it. But he got enough attention to it that it made a story out of it. Now, let's, where would let's you put a baseball team if you were like not, if you were moving the Rays? No, but I'm just saying, like you're you're a man of the game. In your opinion, what region could really support? I mean, because there's there's a lot of states out there that are growing populations. I mean, I think Vegas is one, right? Don't you think you put a dome in Vegas? That's the one that I would have said. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Vegas yeah, okay. makes sense. You're getting a football team there. Why don't you get a baseball team? Make it red hot. Just do it. You know, it's a huge community out they there. They do Vegas. very well with their uh, the with hockey the teams that they have there. Hockey team's uh, the, red hot. The, the the cities that don't do well, that are transient, are tough. And so that's probably the one thing that Vegas has against them. But, but the thing yeah. is, so many people have moved there over these years who have now become part of these communities because there's been so much growth around the Strip and around the other things where people just make their home there now. And it's, it's, it's not what it was 20 years ago. It's very different. Uh, people have put roots there. Portland, I think, is another one. Yeah, I you know what? That's that's a Did you see that documentary about that team? 
on Netflix. Um, no. Bobby Sylvester turned me on to this. It was the one that Kurt Russell's dad owned. It was independent league. And I want to say it was out in Portland, Oregon. Um, a story I never knew as a baseball fan and was thoroughly fascinated by. Um, I got to turn you on to this documentary, but that's I'll, I'll try to find the name of it there. But it was incredible if you're a baseball fan. I, th- I think that would work. But I-, I think more along the lines, if they were to move the Rays to Orlando, it would make some sense. Like this idea of them playing half the games in St. Pete and half in Montreal like that, I don't get at all. Like you're basically uprooting families of Major League Baseball organizations for half a year. Yeah, it's called the Battered Bastards of Baseball, and it's about the Portland Mavericks, a defunct minor league baseball team in Portland, Oregon. They played five seasons in Class A for 73 to 77. They were owned by Bing Russell, who was Kurt Russell's dad, who was an actor. Uh, he was on Gunsmoke and a lot of other shows. He was like a just professional working actor. Uh, Jim Bowden played on that team. Uh, the guy wrote Ball Four. And just great stories of they were just the most popular thing in the in that area. They teams the the fans love them. They came out. They had all these fun things that they did, interactive stuff. I'm telling you, it's on Netflix. You're looking for a fun baseball documentary over the weekend. The battered bastards of baseball, absolutely tremendous. All right, I'll check it out. We'll see. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I think I think that the the Rays in Montreal makes sense. Like I think I would love just, to see Montreal get the baseball yeah, team back. Yeah, they, see, the Marlins to, yeah. have a lease that runs forever and they have a brand new stadium, more or less like a brand new meaning in the last 10 years. The Marlins are not going anywhere. No, the Marlins so, and the Marlins shouldn't go anywhere. I mean, people don't go to the games either, but the, the thought process is, is if they're ever good, then they will. They've never well, they been showed good up when they won those two years. They showed up. They showed they, up for they the Josh Beckett run. Yeah. They've never shown up in this new stadium, but they've never been good. No, they've, they've been, been dreadful. They've been over 500 at all in the last 10 years. So. When you trade off your best star and your other star dies, it's very difficult to get the fan base excited to show up for ball games. Well, they had to do it. I mean, once he died. That no, was, they did. That, they absolutely had to. But I'm just saying they were in a bad spot there. You know, $300 million contract and the and the bright young star that people wanted a must-see guy is, is, dies unexpectedly in a tragic accident. I mean, just just terrible. You know, how do you expect I, them to come I, back? I think they I think they had to do what they did. I think you're right, though. I think Portland would be a great place because they have a baseball tradition people don't know about. I think it would be a, a good uh, good idea there. Um, OK, so in your neck of the woods, Joe, the last time that Rutgers football was really relevant was when Greg Schiano was the head coach there. Greg Schiano since has gone on to do a number of different things, coaching in college, coaching in the NFL. And apparently this is a strange one here was willing to go back to Rutgers again. And Rutgers, of course, now, while they didn't win a championship, they were back on the map as relevant. They had, I remember here in South Florida, Joe, they had billboards saying, come to Rutgers. You know, it was like a cool thing to do. Come to New Jersey and go play for this guy. And look, his style's a little bit different, a little bit of a tougher coach, but he got the most out of those kids. And and I think at this point, if you're that program, you'll do anything to just not be the complete doormat of all of college football, which is what they are. Like Rutgers and UMass have been the doormat of division one college football. They fired their coach two months ago. Apparently they go to Greg Schiano with a boatload of money because it's the only way that they're going to get him to come back, which is, it makes sense. He is willing to do it. And boosters, some of the boosters don't want him back as head coach there. And a lot of people are pissed about this. Fans are pissed about it. People are on social media being pissed about it. Because of links that he's had in the past to Penn State and some just, I guess, different issues. I'm not really even sure what they are, but 
a lot of people are upset about this, Joe. And I guess this is where it comes down to is that there's some they feel like some ethics involved. I'm not really sure, but, um, you know, the fans of the program are really upset and they want to see him back. It doesn't look like he's going to come back. No, it is. And I understand why it's the only thing they know in terms of success. So it was the only thing you know in terms of success. What what else do you have to turn to? So, yeah, it's difficult, and I, I get why they want him. Uh, I mean, oh, you and seven I both and know seven wins. And I know four losses. You got whatever I, you I'm can. I'm sure it. Look, like everything, don't you think it's just a money issue at the end of the day? Like, I feel like they're making excuses for the a few is, more. It, it is a money issue, not for him, but he basically made demands that they didn't want to. Right? They didn't want. To. They I mean, basically, yeah. look, I'm, I'm not coming there unless you upgrade A, B, C, and D. Like, and, and, right. and millions, millions of dollars have to go into it, and they're not willing to do it. Right. And again, if you're not willing to do that, then you can't compete with Big Ten, the SEC, or any of these other teams that you know we know out there who are really established football programs. You have to put money into it, and I'm sure he wanted a fair amount of money too. So I'm sure that's part of it. But yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I don't know where they're going to go next. And Chiano was, I, I, he made him relevant. I, I, my whole life, you know, that I've lived in New Jersey, Rutgers was not a thing except for all of a sudden that window happened and people were not only showing up to games in the stadium when they built the new stadium. I remember that that was a huge deal because the stadium's only like 20 minutes from my house, 20 minutes from where my parents are too. And I'm thinking to myself like, wow, this is really becoming a big thing. And it was, and people were, getting together to watch Rutgers games. And I had a lot of friends who went to Rutgers and we're like, Hey, you want to come with us and watch the games? And I was like, we're watching the Rutgers game. And it was a thing. And it is not a thing anymore. It is not a thing at all. And it's, uh, it's sad. And I feel bad because it was kind of nice. Like all of a sudden you kind of had a relevant college football team. And as somebody who grew up in New York, you know, college football is not a thing. If you grew up in New York and New Jersey, it wasn't either. So it was kind of cool that it was kind of developing and now it's just gone. I mean, there's no traffic going to the game. You know what I mean? Like, there's no issues going down Route 18 to get to that stadium anymore. And it's sad. It's sad because they were building something, and I hope they find somebody. Do you have a candidate that you think would be a good person to to plug in there that they should go, oh, go not after? A, not at all, unfortunately. No, not my not my expertise for sure. Is it a I, desirable I, place even for, like, a young coordinator on an SCT team to say, you know, I'm going to go take the head coach job. At well, Rutgers. yeah, of course, you know, there'll always be that person there, but the key is, is the recruiting. And, uh, you know, he was a really, really good recruiter there as well. Mm-hmm. And, and look, the McCourty brothers came out of Rutgers. Um, you know, Sanu. The, the, yeah. Muhammad Sanu also from, from Rutgers, Rutgers as well. Players. Gus, Ed, Gus Edwards was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shiano brought in really good players in the past. And, and that that's basically his calling card is he is going to get kids from Florida to go play in New Jersey. And that's a big part of it. I, I think they'll work this out. I have a feeling they'll go back to it and work it out. Just makes too much sense. All right. Here's what else makes sense. The end of our show. And coming up next, we're going to have our two minute drill. And at the top of the hour, we'll send it over to full time fantasy and Dr. Roto. So stay tuned to that as well. Make sure you like and subscribe to our show, our podcast, our live listening you can download the FNTSY app and listen to us there. Also, the TuneIn app as well as iHeartRadio. Those are great ways to listen to us, by the way, live, on demand, Stitcher, audioboom.com. If you do like our show and you do want to listen every day and you subscribe to it, if you wouldn't mind, especially in the iTunes store, Google Play, give us five stars. 
and let uh, and write a little review on us as well what you like about the show this way we'll take a look at it also helps us rank higher for people who are searching for fantasy content and uh, helps us out a lot here at FNTSY Radio. So thanks so much for doing that. All right, uh, Two Minute Drills up next. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia, and we wrap it all up for this Tuesday after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Are you a Henry? It stands for high earner, not rich yet. It means that despite earning a six-figure income, you're struggling to amass any meaningful nest egg. Our friends at The Motley Fool can help. Since 1993, they've been providing investment advice, helping members build the financial future they envision. To kickstart your 2021 financial goals, they're offering five of their favorite stock picks for free. Realizing you're a Henry? Remember the not rich yet part. You can do it, and The Motley Fool can help. Visit fool.com slash best bets. These days, it feels like we're on 24-7. Between work, friends, family, and a million things piling up left and right, the nonstop hustle has taken over. And it's kind of a lot. Sure, Rise and Grind is all fine and dandy, but sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's literally made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as refreshing and crisp as the Colorado Rockies, Perfect for a moment to unwind. You know it's time to chill when the mountains on the cans and bottles turn blue. So when you want to hit reset, reach for Coors Light, the only beer that is mountain cold refreshment, made to chill. Don't feel like running to the store? Get Coors Light in their new look, delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado encourages you to celebrate responsibly. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back. It is time to end our program here on this Tuesday. And as always, we ended with the two-minute drill. The two-minute warning. Two minutes, get your sh- together. Is that going to be enough time? And yes, for me, it is kind of sad to go back and look at all the great memories that I had running around South Florida and wherever I've lived in the country on Black Friday. And yes, unfortunately, those days are done. And it's true. Life gets in the way of some things and you have kids and you're married and it's not so easy to just wake up at five o'clock in the morning and go shopping. But it is much easier to do things online. And I hate to say it, but when I go shopping, sometimes even in stores that are not Black Friday, I am appalled at what I see. Like, why do I have to wait 10, 15 minutes online to buy anything when I can literally do it at home and have it in the next day? So I would love to see some tradition come back and outside of record store days, which they do every Friday on Black Friday and then again in April. Those are the only things that I frequent anymore. It's a sad state of affairs when this day and age, everything that you're done can be done on your phone or done from your house. That's just kind of where we're at. So let Black Friday begin 
And hopefully in the future, it becomes what it was uh, once was. But it's doubtful. All right. Hate to end on that bad note, but that's where we're going to leave it with the show today. Coming up next, it is Dr. Roto. Thanks again to Sean Guastamaki, our producer. For my co-host, Joe Pizapia, I am Craig Mish. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. We'll be back tomorrow at noon right here on FNTSY Radio. Have a great day, everybody. See ya. If you're feeling anxious, stressed, or lonely in these difficult COVID times, call Cal Hope at 1-833-317-HOPE to talk to someone who can help. That's 1-833-317-4673. Hope will persevere. If you're feeling anxious, stressed, or lonely in these difficult COVID times, call Cal Hope at 1-833-317-HOPE to talk to someone who can help. That's 1-833-317-4673. Hope will persevere.